What's up, everybody? We have 10 minutes here with Rob Morell and uh, like the mushroom. But anyway, he is across. Please don't hunt me. (laughs) (laughs) He's across the table from us to talk about co-witnessing. Now, for those of you not familiar with co-witnessing, it involves kind of a relationship between your red dot or a holographic sight and iron sights. This could be in the case of an AR-15, like you see on the table in front of us. could be on a pistol, like a handgun, or, I mean, other firearms, potentially, potentially. Uh, But anyway, I have seen, now I hang out on uh, the forums quite a bit, Mark. I know you uh, tell me every day to get off. I say Um, they can can be a... A very enlightening, but also a very dark place. They can be. I like to see what the haps is. Um, but anyway, and, and just all over uh, social media, anywhere anywhere you go, you, there tends to be some confusion around co-witnessing, I think. First off, you know, where did it come from? I think the, the idea was when, when Red Dots came on scene, a lot of them were going on firearms. In fact, similar to the one here on the table, I mm-hmm. purposely picked this one with a fixed front sight blade. And uh, you wanted to be able to use the red dot because the whole point of a red dot sighting system or a holographic sight too, which we now have, is that it's much faster. There's not uh, multiple focal planes your eye is trying to focus on and, and be accurate with. You have just that red dot right there. You focus on your target. The red dot sort of is overlaid over it. And then you use that as your point of aim. Boom. You can move quickly. And so anyways, the idea that there was this co-witnessing came from the fact that, you know, if your red dot battery died... You have this backup sort of where your irons can be seen and used through the red dot. Then we went from absolute co-witness where the red dot was directly in line with that front sight post and a rear sight to, you know, this lower one-third co-witness thing because people were like, hey, why are we still worried about having this thing be lined up with our iron sights? Why don't we get it above the iron sights so we can actually use it the way it's supposed to be used? Anyway, that's a little bit of of the history around it. And... I see people all too often, I think, seeing the word co-witnessing and thinking that either if you have irons in a red dot and the irons co-witness with the red dot, that you have to use them together, Mm -hmm. almost that they're married up, or that you're supposed to sight in the red dot to your iron sights, or I don't know, whatever it might be, there's, there's some confusion out there. So Rob, you're here to give us some science behind co-witnessing. Yeah, so... We're going to take a quick trip down memory lane. I remember when I was on a while back, and we were talking about parallax and red dots, right? And yes. so we kind of talked about how par- you know red dots are now kind of essentially parallax-free and why that was. And so that the reason I bring that up is because it applies here, and it's really, you can look at these two sighting systems as almost like two different optical systems, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you think of, as you were explaining before, the red dot is effectively projecting the dot on overlaid on the target. And so that's why you can look with both eyes open because your eyes and your brain are essentially processing those two things as the same. Whereas with the, you know, with a uh, iron sight system, you need to have things aligned properly. And if you don't have things aligned properly, right, you start to introduce parallax error. That's why, you know, it's really important to have a good consistent cheek weld with your iron sights in order to be accurate. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I guess in a nutshell, uh, that's kind of the difference from a physics standpoint behind the two as it relates to parallax. Well, and that's one of the big, you know, benefits or beautiful things about a red dot is, you know, you can be in an awkward position and you don't have to have that perfect alignment as long as your dot is sighted in and the dot's on the thing, squeeze it off and you should be good to go. Put the thing on the thing, pull the thing, you're good to go. And so I I can see where logically you would want to have everything lined up, right? You're like, well, it's all on the same, all the same here, so I know it's going to be accurate, but really... 
you don't need to do that. You you should cite the two systems in kind of independently. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're perfectly cited in with the red dot, theoretically you could kind of you know mirror the the iron sight setup to that. But what you'll notice is depending on your cheek weld and your head position, that dot's going to move around in or like relative to the iron sights. The dot's going to stay fixed, assuming that the rifle does on whatever the target is. But because again, it's being it's mimicking being that dot's being at that distance where your target is, mm. that's not going to move, but the iron sights are going to move around. So that's why, I mean, you've seen some people say, well, yeah, you can do a lower lower third co-witness, and then if you get your head in the right position, it'll actually line up with your iron sights as well. And the right. reason that it's doing that is, assuming that this is lined up and these are lined up, when they're all, you know, together at, on the target, that's why they're they're perfectly aligned there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think one of the one of the things that uh, I see so often, like I was talking about, you know, and, and what you were alluding to is sort of when people are just trying to use them all in conjunction, you sort of really, I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, it sounds almost like rude or or, uh, or antagonistic, but Defeat you might as well have not even gotten a red dot because if you're worried right. about trying to line a lot of things up, then just stick with the iron sights, you know, and uh, the, the the whole point of a red dot, to your point, and it is wacky how that works. Like you said, it's mimicking being projected. It's literally as though if you were to actually put into context what's actually happening, it's almost as though there was no red dot inside the optic at all. There was almost just a painted red dot on the target 50 mm-hmm. yards downrange or whatever, yep. which is, is odd. But uh, but that just makes it so fast, and so yeah. If you're if you're worried about things lining up, uh, if you're trying to use your red dot or use your irons to sight in your red dot, really, it's it's sort of defeating the purpose. Right, right. I think Rob nailed it. I mean, they're independent sighting systems. Treat mm-hmm. them as such. Sight them in separately, and then you know, I mean, you hear the irons on an AR often referred to as backup irons, right? So if right. you've gone through right. the trouble or the expense of putting a red dot on your AR-15 or whatever, then your irons, they are a backup. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a backup siding system, like you said, in case your, your, your battery goes down or whatever, to be viewed that can be used and viewed through the optic, yes. but not yes. in conjunction with Right, the dot yes. being on. Right. Well, and and you know this is all kind of per- personal preference, but to me, if if you're gonna do an absolute co-witness of your red dot with your iron sights, to your point, it kind of defeats the purpose of using a red dot, right? Like one of the benefits of a red dot is you can shoot both eyes open, you can have a, a real flexible head position, and still have you know an accurate point of aim. Mm-hmm. And so if you do an absolute co-witness, you're really obscuring a lot of the view through portion of the red dot with mm-hmm. those iron sights. And to me, personal preference, it really takes away a lot from it. Yeah. And, you know, also if you instead decide to do a lower third co-witness, which this crossfire has a lower third mount on it, again, if you want to get into a good cheek weld position for your iron sights, that dot's going to move down to be in line anyway. So to me, lower third kind of makes more sense because you're not obscuring the sight picture with your irons. And again, if you're using them as a backup capacity, to me, that makes makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I'm starting to see guys even run higher mounts than, yeah. than I, uh, even uh, beyond what your irons would ever third. be able to yep, be seen yep. through. And so, you know, I think red dot durability has really improved a lot. And battery over, life. And battery life and everything. I mean, our crossfire is, you know, 50,000 hours at setting six now, which is... I mean, that's like five and a half years or something like that of runtime if you were just to leave it on. So that's, um, 
one of the things I know I see a lot of times when people are talking about, you know, they bring up an astigmatism, right? And they mm-hmm. say, oh, well, the best way to fix an astigmatism is to flip up your iron sights, and then use the red dot through the iron sights, because then those peep sights, they're so small, they, they get rid of the stray light that would be hitting your eye and causing a bloom effect. I would say, one, turn down your brightness. That's probably what's causing the bloom effect to begin with. And uh, two, you know, again, we get back into the... Uh, Get a prism scope, like a 1X prism scope. Oh, you're not going to mm, have the issues, yeah. and you're going to be able to use it way quicker than you would be if you're, again, trying to line everything up. But, you know, the other thing that we brought up as well before we started podcasting is that the new sort of, I don't even want to say new because it's been going on for a while, but a very, very it's increasing in popularity thing is to put a red dot on your pistol. Mm-hmm. We don't have a pistol here on the table right now with a red dot on it, but... Um, you know, you can get uh, potential co-witness again on a pistol. And and that's just where I've seen, especially in the case of red dots on pistols, people hearing that term co-witnessing and again thinking, okay, what I need to do is I need to put this red dot on my pistol and I need to just sight the red dot into the irons because they're mm-hmm. supposed to co-witness together. Yep. It, um, in theory, and I'll say this, in theory, it makes a it makes a lot. If you of, listen, it does to make sense. And in fact, it's kind of a misnomer in in some regards because because when I think of when I hear co-witnessing, or if you were didn't have the context or the experience and you heard co-witnessing, you would naturally think, okay, they're supposed to line up, they're supposed to co-witness. But in reality, all it means is that you are able to, in an emergency, utilize the irons through the window of the opt of the red dot optic. Yeah, and on the pistol side of things, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, it's going to be difficult, pretty much with almost every system out there to get an absolute co-witness with your pistol irons and your red dot, your pistol mm-hmm. red dot. It's going to be tough. But uh, the other thing, too, is if you're if you're used to training and uh, using a red dot on your pistol, there are other techniques that you can use, like the guillotine technique or the ghost ring technique, to still be able to get an accurate shot in if your dot were to go out for whatever reason. So. Mm-hmm. It's a training thing, just like I guess it would be to use your iron sights on your pistol in the event that your red dot would go out. But there are other provisions that you can, yeah, you can make for for dealing with that situation right. as well. And a lot of times, really, the the times that we find people running into the issue here is when they're trying to sight in their their red dot on their pistol, and they say, "Hey, I'm running out of elevation adjustment." Mm-hmm. That actually happens for a few reasons at times, and sometimes it is legit. Just you're running yeah, out of elevation yeah. adjustment, and they make even a one degree shim for that. It's a UM for tactical. real short, um, short zero distances, right? Yep, yep. UM tactical makes a one degree uh, shim that you can put in. It will give your sight some uh, extra, or I guess cheat in a little bit of elevation for you. But uh, another reason it happens all the time is because if people aren't using like real tall suppressor height sights or something, and they're using a sight that can just barely kind of poke up in the window, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, I have to co-witness to that. And so they're moving the dot down, moving down, moving it down, moving it down. They max it out, and they haven't even necessarily done any shooting yet, and they don't realize that actually like that's not even going to be close to being sighted in. Yep. It's And it's just, again, it's... It's mentally separating the two sighting systems and realizing that a red dot needs to be sighted in essentially alone mm-hmm. by itself. Yep. And from there, you'll get behind it and you'll see, like you were talking about earlier, as you move your head around the window behind it, you'll see that red dot appears to move around. It's always, uh, inside it's always the same spot on the target. Right, but it's always the same spot on the target downrange. But you can kind of, you know, this this red dot we just slapped right on this gun is, you know, just for visual aid in this podcast here. It's not sighted into this gun at all. 
But depending on where I put my head, I can make the dot line up perfectly with that front sight, and it looks like it's all sighted in. But then if I move my head a little bit, oh, now it's way off, and it's not sighted in anymore. And uh, that's again, has to do with parallax, too, because that front sight that you're, in theory, trying to line it up with is not even one yard away from the front of the optic. And we do know that parallax really actually, you know, red dots aren't truly 100% parallax free. If you were to see parallax induced, it would be at those real short, short ranges. And that is indeed a very short range. It's not even to the end of the barrel. Indeed. <laughs> so that's what you get there. Anyway, so with that said, maybe hopefully this helped you out. If you have any questions, as usual, hit us up with those questions in the comments or on Instagram for sure. But uh, if you're out there, you're getting a red dot or a holographic sight, and you're thinking about all this co-witnessing stuff, just remember it's a backup. Mentally separate your optic from those irons. Should be good to go. Yeah, and don't be afraid of the, the red dot or the holographic sight. Harness the power of the the large sight picture and um, yeah. forgiving eye box. Full yep. commit. That's right. All right. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening, as usual. Uh, we did this one closer to 10 minutes. Wow, look at that. Not bad. Yeah, We're getting better. Change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, everybody. Bye. Bye.